Good Wednesday. It is debate day. We are here live on the campus of the University of Alabama for a beautiful debate day. We've got a lot to break down with you. Top aides for Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy are here to tell us what they need to do. Let's get into it. All right, what a gorgeous debate day we have here. If you are listening to the audio version, I would hop over to YouTube or Rumble, hopefully maybe the first Channel 347 on DirecTV, because what an amazing set we have here at the Quad in the University of Alabama. Unbelievable, gorgeous day, a little chilly, but I can handle it. That's what the uh, being from New England's all about. You can actually handle being out in the cold. Um, we've got two amazing guests today, top aides for both Governor Ron DeSantis, Brian Griffin, his press secretary, and Trisha McLaughlin, the comms director for Vivek Ramaswamy, are gonna join us in a minute to break down what their candidate hopes to do tonight, how it might move the needle, and especially with Ohio being as important as it is, they're gonna tell us what they're gonna do today. Uh, let me walk you through a couple political stories and then tell you what I think is gonna happen tonight. First, before we get to the debate, Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, officially out. You know he didn't make the last couple debates, so it's no surprise. He spent millions of dollars of his own money. He had been trying to make that donor qualification by giving away gift cards and getting people to sign up in exchange for a gift card, but he just wasn't resonating in the polls. He attacked the RNC in, on his way out saying this, the RNC's mission is to win elections. It's not their mission to reduce competition and restrict fresh IDs by narrowing the field months before the Iowa caucuses or the First Nation in uh, First Nation New Hampshire primary. Um, you know, the funny thing is, with all due respect, we're less than 40 days out from Iowa governor. If you can't meet the polling threshold, you're not gonna be the nominee. And I think he's been a great governor. He's a champion of conservative principles, don't get me wrong. But at some point, you're not gonna be the nominee if you can't meet very low polling thresholds. He's not polling well nationally. He wasn't polling well in either Iowa or New Hampshire. The other candidates are making a play, saying I gotta do well in Iowa, I'm gonna do well in New Hampshire. He had no path forward. And so as much as I like him, I think he's a great guy and a champion of conservative values, he wasn't gonna be the nominee. And it's not the RNC's fault after the amount of money that he has spent. Um, also happening today, Colorado court, we've talked about this before, is continuing to debate whether Donald Trump should be on the ballot. But here's the kicker. Where these guys have differed in Colorado is they're actually trying to kick him off the primary ballot. And the idea is that's like a test case. If you can get him kicked off the primary ballot by saying that under the 14th Amendment, he doesn't qualify because he engaged in insurrection, well, then he wouldn't qualify for the general election debate. So far, the courts in Michigan and Colorado have said no. But here's the problem that the Trump campaign may face. Colorado Supreme Court, all seven justices are Democratic appointees. So this is something that we need to keep an eye on because if he gets kicked off one ballot, I think that will set the precedent. Now, will he ultimately be on the ballots? Will the Supreme Court ultimately rule in his favor? I think so. But this is a lot of time and money that they will then have to spend on that legal case. And as you know, they have a few legal cases already in their lap. So let's get to tonight. I'm gonna have Trisha McLaughlin on the show just a minute from now. She is a top aide to Vivek Ramaswamy and then Brian Griffin with DeSantis' campaign. There are three basic tactics that these campaigns have to take tonight. One, promote themselves. Two, they're gonna try to go after Trump. And then three, I think you're gonna see a little bit of them going after each other. Trump is at 45 to 48, 49, 50% in the early states and nationally. So the question is, do you try to become the alternative to him and try to consolidate the support of a Nikki Haley or a Vivek Ramaswamy if you're Ron DeSantis or Chris Christie? Or 
do you try to go after Trump? Now, I've made it clear from the get-go, I think going after Trump, if you don't, and, and picking up his support, is a foolish, fool's errand. The bottom line is, if you're with Donald Trump at this point, you know what he's all about. You are with him through and through. So the big question is, what are they going to say tonight that could potentially move the needle? Now, look, we are here in Alabama on the set uh, in the quad here. It's a national debate. But at the end of the day, the only people that matter are those viewers in Iowa. What issues do they care about? What's going to move the needle for them? What's going to get them to sit in a VFW, a government hall, a school for up to three, four hours on January 15th? That's caucus night. Because if you don't do well, then you have no campaign. It is over. So we need to hear from these campaigns. What is their tactic, not just tonight, but to win Iowa? Because if you don't make it out of Iowa, you're not going anywhere. So I'm going to bring in Trisha McLaughlin from the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign. And then when she's done, I'm going to sit down and ask almost the same questions to Brian Griffin of the DeSantis campaign. How are they going to differentiate themselves tonight and bring voters over that are going to matter in Iowa? Let's start it off with Trisha McLaughlin. All right, folks, I want to tell you about a doctor out of Texas that has got no ties to Big Pharma whatsoever, and he is sharing a breakthrough medical discovery. He has created a series of all-natural products that will help boost your health in a variety of ways, including strengthening your bones, easing joint discomfort, minimizing wrinkles, and improving digestion, all by working in harmony with nature and your body's God-given resilience. There are no chemical or weird additives in any of these products, just proven ingredients that actually get results. All users are reporting significant improvements in just a few weeks. Every order is backed by a 365-day money-back guarantee. So you can get products like this, magnesium, collagen. There's a whole series of them if you go to getnativepath.com slash Spicer, and you can claim up to a 45% discount with my code GETNATIVE path.com slash Spicer. Like I said, a whole series of these all natural medical products. Don't miss out on this opportunity. If you're ready to embrace a healthier, more vibrant you, that you want stronger bones, you want more mobility, especially as you start to get older. I know what that feels like. So again, head to getnativepath.com slash Spicer and get access to a variety of these really healthy, healthy products. All right, I want to welcome in Trisha McLaughlin from the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Wow, uh, this is a nice change, isn't it? Down here in Alabama from the last few, it's it's a, it's not as warm as I thought it'd be, frankly. It's a little bit warmer than Iowa, I will say, right. which we've been spending most of our right. time, so we're happy to be here. All right, so let's just start with this. What do you guys want to get out of tonight? Vivek Ramaswamy, no matter where we are, no matter what we do, he speaks the truth. He did that in the last debate. I think we saw a pretty epic opening statement. He went after the RNC for failed time and sure. time again, us losing elections as Republicans, went after the media establishment really for corruption and for misleading the American people. I don't think that he's going to be holding back uh, this <laughs> go around. I don't I think anybody ever says Vivek holds back. <laughs> That is absolutely true. He doesn't hold back. And I think a lot of people say, you know, the sequel is never as good as the original, but Vivek's going to level up tonight. So, so let's talk about that. I, I After the first debate yeah. in Milwaukee, uh, no, yeah, he was um, unbelievably aggressive. And I think online and then in the morning shows the next day, people were, it was all people were talking about. It was Vivek Ramaswamy. He went da da da. The question is, does that strategy grow your base or not? Vivek has to be himself right. no matter what. And so if he introduces himself and takes on these fights and tells the truth and people don't want to hear it, 
That is the up But to so them. you mentioned last time, and, and I'm a big fan. I yeah. thought calling out some of the folks in the media that, right? Yeah. But he called out the RNC. He called out Kristen Welker. The question is, for people who are looking for a candidate that, that wants to talk about issues, is that what you guys are hearing in Iowa and New Hampshire, that they want that, that as opposed to maybe saying, I'm going to call, I'm going to talk about China or the deficit? He talks about all of those issues. He's been very much leading on decoupling from China. He talks about issues that Americans, I wouldn't really care about. But what makes the headlines often, Sean, as you know better than anyone, is those fiery moments. He talks about substance. He's a man who leads with his thoughts, but he also doesn't back down from a fight. Right. So what what is it? What do you want to come out of the gate tonight? Last time it was the RNC and the media. What is he going to come out of the gate with? I think you're going to have to wait and see, but I think we'll continue with substance. Uh, I was just telling you, Sean, how right. we're going to do the full Grassley yeah. twice over. So people will not be, uh, you know, he's going to deliver real substance. on. OK, the so, so let's talk about how important is Iowa for you guys? You know, Iowa's the first state. It's a caucus state. It's great for right. an outsider. I mean, I think it, it could be really momentum shifting for us. OK, but I get that. There are four candidates competing in Iowa, sure. right? Um, Christy's not competing there. He's going to New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. So what do you need to do to get out of Iowa? We need to at least get second or third in Iowa. Second or third, right. Yeah. But I mean, he his message plays incredibly well in New Hampshire and really across the country. We're seeing that we're not dependent on the polls, but the polls shift a lot quicker in New Hampshire. And so I think if you get a big momentum kind coming out of Iowa, I think expectations All right, so, are so very let's talk, low So let's talk there. about Iowa now, right? Yes. And, and I have been very clear about polls, especially in Iowa. But I, let's just go over sure. what the, the real clear average polling says in Iowa. Trump at 47, DeSantis 17.3%, Haley 14.3%, Tim Scott still polling at 6%, even though he dropped out, and Vivek is at 5.0 as an average. Okay, so Scott's out. Haley is the, the person right now at number three, at 14.3%, Vivek is at five. Mm-hmm. If you need to get second or third, it appears, at least according to the most recent polls, that you've got some ground to make up in Iowa. We sure have ground to make up, but I don't think that the polls are actually tapping into what we're seeing on the ground. 50% of those who go to Vivek's events are not yet registered Republicans. Those are people who have not caucused before. Right. We're so, creating so walk a movement me of new So people. walk me through that, because I think I've talked a lot about the ground game, especially sure. in, in the importance in Iowa and the caucuses. What does that look like for that campaign? For us, yeah. that means dragging people out and getting them to vote. Caucus is a very different system. That right. also means education. People might vote in primaries, but they might not have caucus before. The rules are different. You can't vote absentee. We need to get those people there, especially these college kids. We're seeing young people come out in droves, but educate them how to caucus. How do you So get we've, heard, we've heard in, in Iowa, right, about the, I was out there, Trump's yeah. ground game, significantly better than it was in 2015. Sure. I hear a lot about the DeSantis ground game. Look, when I talk to people in Iowa about Vivek Ramaswamy, they say he's everywhere. Right, he shows up more than anyone. I mean, he's done six, seven events in one yep. day. He's doing interviews all over the place. Yep. But what is the the mechanism look like that you're talking about that says, okay, Bobby or Susie show up at a Vivek Ramaswamy event. They're first time voters. They look like they're very interested. How do you convert them so they show up on that Monday night to caucus for two, three hours? It's all about data. It's all about the ground right. game. It's not. It's the basic mechanics that Iowans demand: meeting the candidate, getting, and then getting volunteers, getting people knock on their doors, How many, give me a, Give polls. us a ballpark. How many people do you guys have on the ground in Iowa? You know, we have about 30 to 40 on the ground, but we're getting even more every day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a watcher of this show, you know about my friends at Bishop Gold Group. They are who I trust with my financial 
planning to help me make sure that I'm ready for the future with everything that's going on in this Biden economy. You know that Bishop Gold Group, America's premier precious metals company, can help you. So if you, whether you've got an IRA or an old 401k that you're looking to roll over, if you're looking to invest for the first time ever, Bishop Gold Group has the people ready to help you do that. Long-time investor, first-time investor, they can help store the gold and the other precious metals for you. They can send it to you. It's such a great way to diversify your investments in this ever-changing world that we live in right now. And again, these guys have been in business a long time. I love talking to them. They are knowledgeable, they're full of integrity, and they know the business well. Uh, so please reach out to them at 844-984-1616 or go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean for a special promotion to start your journey towards prosperity with precious metals. Bishop Gold Group are the people I trust. I've known them for a while. I've talked to them about my planning needs, my investment needs, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. I get your point. I mean, like the polls are very different engaging somebody who casts a primary ballot then says, I'm willing to stand in a VFW or a church hall for three hours. It's a different ballgame, Sean. We're only seeing about 20% of traditional caucus goers are coming to Vivek's events. 80%, that's missing polls big time. Okay, so then let's move to New Hampshire. Sure. Let's go through the same thing. Real clear average poll, Trump 45.7, Haley 18.7, Christie 11.3, DeSantis 7.7, Vivek 7.0. Okay, what do you do? How does that mechanically change from Iowa to New Hampshire to get that number up? Well, I think it's threefold. A, money. We're just beginning to start spending money on TV ads in these early states, which New Hampshire, we understand that actually is a big piece of it. Two, independence. New Hampshire is an incredibly independent state, which we're seeing Vivek disproportionately pulls from independents and disaffected Democrats. And then three, it's just the momentum factor of Iowa. I mean, Sure, we have seen our campaign briefly stagnate. We're coming back up, and you're going to see that come Iowa and come New Hampshire. Okay, so Iowa is a a, a second or third place finish. New Hampshire, what do you have to do there? I think TBD. Okay. We'll see. I think Iowa depends on that. You think so? I'm with you on this, meaning that I believe that Iowa is either people show, whether it's DeSantis Haley or, or, or your candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy, that they can change the dynamic of this race or Trump starts to pull away. Is that a fair assessment? I I think anything's fair game, yes. Okay. Um, Walk me through the tactics, not just here at the debate. I've seen some of the interviews that Vivek has done. I've seen some of the interviews that you guys have done. You guys are are no holds bar, right? You're going after these folks. Do you think that in states like Iowa and Hampshire, that is well-received? They want a fighter? They want someone who's like that? Or do they... You know, walk me through, is that, a, is that a campaign tactic that you guys have bought into, or is it just your personality? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mostly, it's a little bit of both. Vivek is going to be himself, and if that's not what the American people want, then that's okay, okay. and we'll sleep okay at night. But I think the American people very much want a fighter. They we do. We do not I... have a fighter right now in the White House. Oh, there's and no we demand, I mean, as Republicans, so, we demand that. So I, I look at uh, the tactics for tonight threefold. Sure. One, people can talk about themselves. They can go after Biden and they can go after Trump. If you had to look at that recipe, where do you think the mix comes down tonight for Vivek Ramaswamy? How much is he spending on him? Number two, going after the other candidates. Number three, going after Trump. I think it's going after the system. Okay. It's the broken media. It is right now the broken RNC. It Why is- do you guys, and, and it, look, I'm, I, I worked there for six years. What is it? I just don't, 
see many people saying, God, I really hope that a candidate comes and attacks the RNC. Meaning, I don't think that it's fair to criticize it, right? I'm not saying yeah. that. But I just wonder how many voters it moves the needle with that say, God, I'm glad somebody's going after the party. I'm from Ohio, Sean. Okay. We just had a bloodbath, and especially when it comes to abortion in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I want some accountability, and I think Ohioans who are Republicans, who are even moderate Democrats who saw that bill go through and that we're gonna have abortion up to vitality, I think that these people are saying, where is the leadership? That's what I want. And we can talk about Joe Biden all we want. Right. Every candidate on that stage agrees on that So issue. do you blame the outcome in Ohio on, on the RNC's lack of leadership or lack of resources? Why didn't we have an alternative? Even if it was, if we knew in August when this that this was going to be on the ballot, right. why didn't we offer, you know, 12 weeks, 10 weeks, something that would actually save more lives? Sure. And I, I, I have been very clear that I think our messaging has been horrible yeah. on, on this. But the question I have is, is that the role of the RNC to go into Ohio and say, this is how you need to run your ballot initiatives? If it's not their role, what else? I mean, whose is it? The buck has to stop somewhere, Sean. Okay, fair enough. I just want to be clear. So let's talk about Biden for a second. Do you guys believe, I've heard Vivek say this before, do you believe that he's going to be the nominee? No. No. I think it's Gavin Actually, Newsom can I turn back up one second? I, I'm sorry, because I, I just, before we finish, what would Vivek do as the nominee to change the RNC? I mean, I, I think we got to look at how are we spending money? Right. Are we spending money on the right things? It sounded like a, a lot of that was going to RNC leadership's personal uh, appearances. It was $70,000 spent at spas and Lululemon. I, I don't... I think that could, I mean, these are small dollar donors giving five, 10 bucks to the RNC a month. I don't think that's fair to them. It's not fair to any of us. Okay, so let's get back to Biden for a second. Who do you guys think will be the nominee? I think likely Gavin Newsom. Really? And how, how does that play out? I mean, he's, look, he's on his surface a charming, slick guy. Oh yeah, guy. no <laughs> question about it. I think that, um, you know, if pe people are paying attention, they're waking up to what could be happening in the Democrat party uh, with this, shuffle and i think that uh, he gives us more of a run for our money than, than joe biden did oh i, I think there i mean he's a, he's awake he can walk down a flight of stairs yeah, yeah. Um, it helps do you do you think though biden said yesterday at a fundraiser that he wasn't sure he'd be running if if he didn't think it would be trump the nominee is that is that a harbinger are they saying right. if trump if something were to happen that they they'll put somebody else up i don't know so what what does do you think, I've noticed in the last few debates, I don't know that there's been enough of an attack and a contrast with Joe Biden, right? You talk about a fighter, I agree. Yeah. I want someone that's gonna go in there and say, I don't want the status quo anymore, here's how I'm gonna shake things up. And I think prosecuting that case against Joe Biden and making it clear to voters in the middle why we can do a better job is essential uh, to for our nominee. So long as Joe Biden is actually the nominee. Right. And but frankly, look, you saw Gavin Newsom at that debate with Ron DeSantis. He was willing to give them an A, talk about how well they've done. Yeah. I mean, this is what these guys on the Democratic side are all bought in on the Biden-Harris agenda. They're all in. Yeah. So, Sean, to me, a lot of it does come down to foreign policy. I think right now the foreign policy establishment, Republican and Democrat, the plan kind of looks the same. Yeah. And that's a real question on the minds of Americans. They do not want to send their sons and daughters off to the Middle East to fight in somebody else's war. We've done this before and we saw how that had ended up. I think Vivek has been very prescient on the issue of Ukraine. He was talking about a long time ago, it was very third rail for him to say, let's strike a deal with Vladimir Putin. People called him a Vladimir Putin sympathizer. And yet you're seeing that people now, you know, moderates on the right, moderates on the left are saying, hey, we should be striking a deal with Vladimir Putin. 
And yet we have wasted billions of dollars and more bloodshed on this war. Yeah. So what what is his answer? What is he to what does he want to get across to voters um, about funding Ukraine and, and being a cudgel against further Russian aggression? Sure. I mean, number one um, is China. And I think that we cannot take our eye off the ball right. there. No question and, about it. I mean, it, it is a zero sum game when it comes when it comes to war. I mean, we've seen some of the munitions that were sent from Israel to Ukraine have to go back because of what's happened on October 7th and the war since. I mean, we have to, of course, continue to protect our allies, but we also have to look at our number one adversary and really prevent World War III, pre- protect our homeland. That's what so we So how much about. tonight, when you, when you, when the debate's over, what are the issues that you want your candidate to talk about tonight that you think will help move the needle in Iowa? I mean, he has been the only candidate, I think he'll talk about this on stage, but he's been the only candidate to be against the carbon pipeline in Iowa, which is using eminent domain to take the land of farmers in the name, really, of climate change. He's talked about that. I think that's an issue that's affecting Iowans, but that's going to affect landowners and farmers across the United States. He needs to keep on speaking on those issues, and I think people will realize he is speaking for them. Right. So aside from that, what are the? give me two other issues that you think you, as the communications director for the campaign, when you're talking to him today and getting him ready, are saying, hey, look, make sure we hit this in Iowa, but what else do you yeah. want? I think the administrative state, right? Yep. Shutting down the FBI. He's talked about shutting down the IRS. He's talked about gutting about 50% of the federal. I talked to him about that the last time. Yeah. What, is it every odd number, social security number? <laughs> yeah, so that is a federal legal, employees. yes. Social security, every odd number is a legal tactic. I right? know, I get it. I've spoken yeah. to him about it. I'm glad you get it because so many people. Well, I mean, it's just, it's a way that he can't look like he's targeting anyone in particular. It basically, uh, you know, is the way that you can do this under the current law. Yeah. I get it. Um, Do you want him to bring that up again tonight? Absolutely. I mean, I think it is a hallmark of his campaign. He's really thought of the thoughtful legal mechanics on actually how to do this, how to not get tied up in court with this. Fortunately, we have the Supreme Court that, uh, I'll give Donald Trump credit, did get us today. But that is very much a essential piece of how we stop the bloat, stop the overspending, and stop really the weaponization of our different agencies in America against Americans. Yeah. So... Tonight, we talked a minute ago about how he started a couple of these debates. Um, he, he, Nikki Haley and Vivek have, have gone at it a few yeah. times. She's called him a couple names. Yeah. I saw an interview that he did the other day where he said, please stop using four-letter words. Um, what, do you think that we're going to see that again tonight, a replay of, of Haley and Vivek going at this? You know, I think that it just is such a philosophical difference between a probably more neoconservative view and moderate republicanism and very much America first conservatism, which is Vivek Ramaswamy. I think the natural byproduct of that is probably some squabbles on the debate stage. I don't think it's uh, necessarily anything personal, but I think Vivek also just speaks the truth. You don't think it's, it's, I mean, I think when someone calls you scum, that's a pretty personal. Maybe it's personal from her end, yes. Yeah, but it's not personal for him. He has no ill will towards I mean, I think he finds it personal when somebody is really trying to drive everyone to war. I think that, I mean, he grew up in the wake of 9-11 where his, you know, friends, peers, colleagues were sent to Afghanistan and Iraq to die. He does not want to relive that and he's going to do anything he can to stop it. I saw an interview that you did that echoed what he had said to Nikki Haley the other day about her daughter being on TikTok. Yep. Okay. Adult uh, daughter, by ad- the way. Adult daughter. Okay, but that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you think as a as a parent that someone, a parent has the ability or to tell their adult child, hey, get off this platform? 
I mean, I think you can, you can absolutely recommend sure. it. But I think that Vivek was, by the way, there's been headlines he attacked her daughter. He did not attack her daughter. No, he brought it up. He, I mean, he, he's saying she's on the generational divide. This is a very popular platform right. that young people use. We need to reach young people. I, I get that. But, but what I think is interesting is as a parent, I mean, I control my kids, what they read, see, and hear up till 18 years old. Yeah. After that, I can't say don't get on, t I mean, I can say don't get on it, sure. believe me, but I can't force them to get off. But that wasn't Vivek's point. I, th I think the point is that they're on two, he's agreeing with her daughter. It's not a sin to be on TikTok. This is how you reach young people. And yet you're saying, oh, you're on TikTok, shame on you, which is really what she said on that second debate stage. But I will say, Sean, thing about Nikki Haley, she says, Get my daughter's voice out of your mouth when he did not criticize her. And yet she invokes Hunter Biden and other people's children before. So it's the rules have to apply every which way. All right. What do you guys, uh, you, obviously we talked about Haley and Ramaswamy. And what 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 is the tactic when it comes to people uh, who are supporting Donald Trump? Why should they support Vivek Ramaswamy yeah. versus Donald Trump, who they say he's been in the uh, arena for four years. He did implement all of these America First policies. Why why do I want to shift over to Vivek Ramaswamy? No doubt, Donald Trump was a fantastic president. I think you would agree. I worked in the administration. I would absolutely agree. But I do think it's time for somebody with fresh legs uh, who hasn't been wounded in the battles really against the administrative state. Vivek has called it out since the big beginning that the DOJ has been weaponized against its political opponent and Donald Trump. That is still wounding, and we do need somebody who's fresh with fresh legs who can take them on. Okay, so if Trump is the nominee, let's just start with him. Yeah. Does Vivek Ramaswamy say, I'm, I'm, I will support the nominee? If Trump is the nominee. What if it's Haley? I, I'm gonna have to ask Vivek. Well, he signed a pledge. Everyone I'm sure, can. yes. I mean, he, he'll stick with the pledge. Okay. Um, last question for you. What, what is Vivek doing today? I saw him once before playing tennis. It's a little cold for tennis today. Yes, he probably would still play in this weather. I think, would he have his shirt on or off? I think the shirt would be on today. <laughs> okay. It was August for the first Right, okay, I'm just, I just. But you could ask. Does, does he, do you guys go through the prep or is, is, is he just, hey, I need, I'm gonna go chill for a few hours and. It, it depends. He definitely plays with his kids um, a lot. His wife will just be getting in town later, so he won't see her until later. But he definitely will work out. Last time he went jet skiing. I don't think jet skiing is on the yeah, on the Tuscaloosa docket for is not today. a big jet ski yeah. town. <laughs> yeah, a lot of other. But he'll probably find. Would you guys activity. do prep? We do a little sparring. Our okay. honestly, our prep is pretty low key. It's really? more like two people, and we just go back and forth. Okay. Spar. Okay, Trisha McLaughlin. Thank you for being thank here. You. Good luck tonight. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Sean. You bet. All right. We'll be right back. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable, you can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's four. 
patriots.com includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, fourpatriots.com. You do not want to be without power in case something happens. All right, I want to welcome in Brian Griffin, press secretary for Governor DeSantis' campaign. Brian, good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let me start with the same question I asked Vivek's uh, comps person. What, what is your goal tonight? What do you want to get out of this? The goal is for Ron DeSantis to be able to, one, show up and then articulate his record. And he's going to do both of those things. This is a guy who's been able to fight big fights, uh, deliver big wins, and exhibit real leadership in Florida. A lot of people on that stage are going to have to make promises about what they would do. Right. He's going to be able to say, I've done it, and that's how you know I'm going to be able to translate that to the federal level. So. I said this earlier, but there's a mix, right? I think there's three tactics. One, promote yourself. Two, attack Donald Trump. Three, go after the other candidates. Walk me through the mix of what you guys want to get out of tonight. I think all three are important, but again, Ron DeSantis is going to be able to say, on issue after issue, I have put a win on the board, not just for conservatives, but for Americans, for people who want common sense in government again, certainly for Floridians. But he's done things like sent... um, uh, people to the border and tackled issues that are now, you know, nationally have national attention, like ESG, like CBDC, bringing these things to light. So he's going to say, I'm going to continue with this strong leadership that I've exhibited, and I'm going to do that at the federal level. So I've said this very publicly on the show before. I, I think you're right. I mean, Governor DeSantis taking on Disney, his actions during COVID, uh, on education, on life. He's been a champion of conservative causes, no question about it, right? He's done it, to your point. Why is that not coming through in the polls as much? Well, look, there's all kind of things that can happen with polls. You know, we have got essentially an incumbent president that's running. So I think a lot of it is, you know, who do you recognize? There's issue with these polls, too. They have low response rates. It's coming through every time we show up and speak to people directly in one of these early states. It's coming through in Iowa where we have unmatched ground game and where we've had over 100 events. We've visited every county and have major endorsements on the board. And every time we go to one of these events, people always come up to us afterwards. I'm usually with them. They come right up to me. Wow, this is the real deal. This is the guy, you know, I was for X, Y, or Z beforehand. This is who I'm supporting now. That's how you win these campaigns. That's how you win this nomination contest. That's how it's gonna translate. So walk me through, you guys have gotten the endorsement of Governor Kim Reynolds, very popular. By the way, a a sitting Republican governor in Iowa has not endorsed in a contested Republican nomination. How important do you think that endorsement was? I think it's very important. We've had a lot of people that have said, this is what made me start to pay attention. Um, And she's got her entire political machine behind us now, too. So she's on the ground helping us, working with us, speaking on our behalf. It's very important. You know, Iowans want to know that the leadership that they've seen, the strong conservative leadership that they've seen in Iowa, is also what Ron DeSantis uh, brings. And Kim Reynolds putting her name behind that means something. So does his record, though, and they can see that for themselves. What about the uh, Vanderplatz endorsement? Bob Vanderplatz, the very influential evangelical that leads the family leader, had him on the show the other day. How important is that endorsement versus, say, the Reynolds endorsement, and why? Well, they both, I think, are critically important, and they both speak to the same audience and then also different issue sets. Uh, but endorsements matter because Iowans They do. Take you think endorsements matter. Yeah, Iowans take things very seriously. Right. They're civically engaged. They take their first kind of uh, position very seriously, and they want to hear what others have to say about people. They also come out to events 
and you know, kick the tires. They ask questions. They come to multiple events. Sometimes it takes multiple interactions, I think, to win an Iowan voter over. That's great. And that's why Ron DeSantis is going to win, because he's got the work ethic to be going into these events time after time, talking about his record, answering questions, and he's going to deliver. All right, so, so let's talk about Iowa for a second. Four candidates are really competing there, right? Uh, Christie, obviously, all in New Hampshire. I've noted that before. What, what do you guys have to do in Iowa to keep fighting? Exactly what we've been doing. No, give me a number. <laughs> well, I think we're I think we're going to win the Iowa. You caucus. do. Okay, yeah, absolutely. He said that on Meet the Press the other day, and and sure. that's so. And I, I I look, I give him credit for putting a marker down, but if he comes up short, does that mean it's it? No, we absolutely keep fighting this, and we're, we've got a ground game just as strong as our Iowa ground game in New Hampshire, in South Carolina. We have a huge slate of legislative endorsements in all these early states, local leaders, faith leaders, sheriffs. We have an incredible amount of people behind us. We're going to be at most, if not all, of the Iowa precincts on caucus night. We'll do the same thing in these other early states. So he, in, in Iowa, he's number two, Trump at 47%, DeSantis in, in the Real Clear Politics average, DeSantis 17.3. So he's number two in Iowa right now. If he were to slide backwards, because right now, Ramaswamy saying that they're going to do well in Iowa. Haley uh, doing wants to do well based on this AFP endorsement that they got. If he doesn't place, right, come in second, what does that say about the DeSantis campaign? It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. It. Yeah, we're, so you're going to win or place second? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and I'll then, tell you, these polls are not, they do I get not it. No, no, I'm just saying, game. but I, I, and that's fine. And I, I agree with you. I think if you look at the history of Iowa, a lot of people in the single digits at this time have done very well. But if everybody else is saying the same thing, right? Uh, Haley's campaign saying they need to do well, Ram Swamy's campaign. My point to you is, is that, great, you're going to win or place. Yeah. But if you don't, then that, that is a problem. I right? hear you. But let me say one more thing about Iowans. All of the things that the media stay focused on and are and about this race, all of the horse race and the yep. process, nobody on the ground in Iowa talks about What do about they care about? Stuff. What do you want to say tonight? They care. So tonight, he's going to close and stop the invasion at this border. He is yep. going to revitalize our economy. He is going to uh, get education back on track to be focused on things that matter. He's going to take the woke out of this government. And he is going to de-weaponize this government that is coming after Catholics and pro-life centers and all types of people. People are afraid of this government, how big it's become. He's going to get it yeah. back under control. He's going to get our debt under control. You know, in Florida, uh, he was able to reduce Florida's debt by 25%, and he just announced next year's state budget. He's reducing uh, the, the budget. So he has obviously put fiscal wins on the board, but in so many other places of life, in institutions, he has clawed back uh, ground from the left. He's going to do that for this country. So you guys, I, I thought he did a great job the other night on, on Fox News debating uh, Governor Newsom from California. What, what did you guys want to get out of that debate and did you think you got it? The other night, Ron DeSantis was the champion for everybody who was sick of the liberal elites who have destroyed this country, destroyed our communities, made streets unsafe, and then lie to us and say everything's great, the economy's not <laughs> yeah. bad, your streets are safe. He was everybody's champion that night. He took it right to Gavin Newsom's face. He held up the San Francisco human feces map to him. I and said, Why yeah. is this acceptable? We talked about Why that yesterday. We live in a society so like all this? the Dems were saying, you know, do you think that well, he brought a poop map? And I'm like, okay, but the bottom line is, I I, I thought that well, the illustrating. It, well, also I think that what was good about the way he did it is that it's undeniable, right? Yes. People say, oh, he's banning books. And I'm like, look at what in the book. This is what you're peddling to children. Exactly. Do you think he's going to do anything like that tonight? Oh, absolutely. I think he's going to You think he might bring a poop he's map? Gonna, or a, no, but he's, a, 
But he's he's going to call out the other candidates who are not the real conservatives in this race. I mean, he like, is okay. The there's three conservative. others. So I, and Chris Christie, by the way, I in interview after interview talks about governing a blue state. I don't think he's looking for that lane. So who does he who does he see as his threat tonight? Well, he's going to he's going to speak to his record primarily. He's going to take. You know, he's going to respond if attacked, but he's also going to talk about how these other candidates well, have established Well, it seemed to me, so, issues, so look. Including Nikki Haley, who has spent more time courting uh, the establishment right. and, and has some bizarre, very liberal positions, like welcoming China into South Carolina or wanting people to register their identities uh, with social, when using social media, raising taxes, et cetera. So he's going to speak to these things, and he's going to But have don't you agree? I, I think that the Houston. media has set up this narrative that it's DeSantis versus Haley tonight, right? I don't. Do you disagree with the narrative? I think he's he's going to be competing with everybody on that stage. But sure, I think he's going to speak directly to uh, Governor Haley's to Governor Haley. record, and she has a big problem with a lot of those things on her record. So we can see a little bit of that. In, you expect to see some of that interaction? Sure, of course. Okay. Do you think that Christie or Ramaswamy pose a threat? I mean, look, I, I don't think they pose a threat because I think we're going to win this thing. I think that they're going to add different elements to this conversation that the governor is going to be able to respond to. But again, nobody else on that stage is going to be able to say. These things that I'm promising, I've already done, except right. for Ron DeSantis. On issue after issue, he has delivered a win right. and can say, not only can you don't have to just you know believe me that I'm going to tackle these things, I've tackled them. He, here's a great example, okay? Centralized bank digital currencies. This is a real issue that's coming up in society where the government wants to centralize and digitize money. Why? To control people. He didn't have to go after this, but proactively, he championed legislation in Florida that said, we're not going to recognize CBDCs in the Florida Uniform Commercial Code. What happened? The entire nation paid attention. They know about this issue now. The media came after him and said, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. But now people are talking about this. Action's been taken in Florida. He put together a cadre of other governors around the country to go against this and ESG. So this type of thing is the way that he leads. And he's going to be able to uh, deliver that not only on the debate stage, but when he's in the White House. All right, just walk. let me walk through this. Uh, strategically. If we look at Iowa, where you say you guys are going to win or coming close second, whatever, the average has Trump at 47%. Let's just say that that's accurate. Right now, DeSantis is at 17.3. Again, for the sake of argument, let's just agree on that number. Tactically. Don't know if I do it. Okay, for, no, no, but, but I, I'm just I saying, understand. I get it, and I get it. But I'm just saying, in order to get a close second or win, right, um, you need to pick up new voters, right? That's, this is all basics. Tactically speaking, is it I want to take them from Trump or I want to consolidate the others? Uh, I, I think it's a bit of both. Okay. But, you know, the Trump campaign just said that they're going to be more aggressive in Iowa now than they have been at any other time in this race. So why do you think that is if these polls are so accurate? I mean, obviously, well, I think it's a, I think it's because there. they realize that I don't think I'm unique in this analysis. But if they do, if, if Ron DeSantis wins in Iowa or a close second, this race has changed. Big time. It's going to happen. That's how we're going right. to propel ourselves into this nomination. Right. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about it. And I think, to your point, they realize if they don't win and win big, that's going to send a signal to donors and grassroots activists, right? I mean, of course. And so they must feel like, okay, the, the heat is on. I mean, this guy has a real shot. And, of course, we do. And, again, our ground game is unmatched, not just unmatched with the current uh, individuals in the race, but unmatched historically. I mean, he's got more endorsements. He's done more stops. He's got more all-combined infrastructure in Iowa than any campaign we've seen. And he, he's on par or exceeding those who have won the Iowa caucus the last three years. He's got over 30,000 Iowans committed to caucus for him. Is that What do you think it's going to take to win Iowa? 
Well, I think it's going to take exactly what we've been no, doing. No, no, but number-wise, do you have a number? Oh, I, I, I don't. I couldn't Bob Vanderplatz told me the other day he thinks about 200,000 people are going to come out to the caucuses. I mean, so if you do the math, you right. know, you get 50,000, you probably 50, 60,000, you win. And we're at 30,000 committed right now. Okay. So you talked about your ground game in Iowa. I was at the state fair. Huge props to the DeSantis effort. Uh, I was out there, there too. Right. Thank you. So, well, no, I mean, I. That people were saying, hey, the Trump campaign leaps and bounds ahead of where they were in 2015, which frankly didn't take that much. But then they also talked about the strength of the DeSantis campaign. The thing that's interesting is that for the first time in history, you've seen a super PAC really do a lot of the, the legwork there. So how much of that ground game is the super PAC versus the campaign itself? Well, uh, the campaign, I mean, we do multiple events, every six, seven right, I get events it. every single day. The super PAC is complimentary. Any super PAC is complimentary to a campaign. So we are driving the ball, yep. uh, following Governor DeSantis's lead on everything, on vision, on message, on work ethic. Uh, we're doing, you know, we're doing the heavy lifting and, and PACs compliment us. And we're glad to have any and all support from those PACs, but this campaign is putting in the work. To but but as far as identifying those voters, getting that caucus commitment card signed and knowing that you need to bring them on Monday night for multiple hours, who is who's responsible for that? Is that the responsibility that's of the campaign? A team, that's a team effort. A team that's effort. A team effort. Okay, so the last week there's been some concern, clearly within the ranks of DeSantis world, about the leadership of Never Back Down, that DeSantis pack. We've seen two CEOs leave. Where, where does that stand right now in terms of the confidence you guys have in the in the super? I think that the media likes to obsess over some of these kind of, like I said, process sure. things. They Fair love I, I, any I, type I, of palace right. intrigue. But I don't think the palace intrigues translates down into what's actually going to matter. We've got an unmatched combined ground game between the PAC supporting us and ourselves of being able you to guys, deliver. But, uh, fair Iowa. enough. I get that. And I get, believe me, I process stories, palace intrigue. And, and ex absolutely zero people have asked us about that on the ground in Iowa. Okay. No, no, I don't, I don't think they will. But I think that if, if that, if they have a large role in the ground game, it's clear that at least from the stories, there are people in DeSantis' world that haven't been happy with the leadership of the PAC. You guys stood up another super PAC in terms of the world. I get the campaign can't direct it. But if, if even a decent percentage is devoted towards the ground game, are you confident in the leadership of the current super PAC? We're, Never com back we're confident that the PAC is going to deliver on that ground game, and, and we are, we're happy with okay. the progress there. And how much money do you think you are going to see spent in Iowa specifically? Well, we just put our third uh, ad out there, the campaign yeah. did. There's going to be more to come. So there's going to be a considerable amount spent on Iowa. And there's going to be a lot. Look, like that's all part of the infrastructure that I'm talking about. That's kind of a combined yeah. uh, effort here. So this is we're doing exactly what we need to do to win this thing. And if you look at the past Iowa caucus winners, uh, we're not just on par with them. We're exceeding them on many metrics. Let me ask you this lastly. What, what do you guys do today? What is what is Governor DeSantis's debate day look like? Uh, you know, he, he rests, he spends time with his family. Um, you guys and, spar uh, at all? Or did you say either <laughs> well, you know it or you don't? Of course he practices. Um, but uh, look, I think ultimately, and we get a lot of people pouring in support. I've heard from a lot of people today. They're very excited about it. They want to see him bring the heat that he brought with Gavin Newsom. He'll do that. Yeah, like I said, I thought he made a great contrast with, with Gavin Newsom. He had his stats stuff. Not just but, the but, contracts, but he said everything that people have been wanting to say directly to the face of the left for years. Right. Why are they willfully destroying our country? I and mean, I know you agree with me on this. The left is willfully destroying Oh, no, there's no question about it. Country. So Ron DeSantis stood up on that stage and brought it straight to them. He's yeah. going to do it on this debate stage. Trump should be here debating. So I said that was the last question I lied. 
Um, <laughs> real quick, how much, uh, if Trump is the nominee or Haley or anyone else, does Ron DeSantis, who signed a pledge, still commit to making sure that he will support the eventual nominee? Yes. Okay. Brian Griffin, thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight, and I hope to catch up soon. Thanks so much, All right, man. Appreciate it. Bet. All right, folks, that is a wrap from here in Tuscaloosa until tomorrow. Big night tonight on News Nation. We're going to see what, whether any of what these candidates said is going to matter because that's all that's going to count. So thank you for being here. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night as we break down everything that happened here and whether or not any of that rhetoric actually will make a difference for them as they head into those early states in these last 40 days. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Go to YouTube and Rumble. Hit that notification button so you get alerted. Uh, watch us on the first, Channel 347 on DirecTV. You can always text me, 571-441-4991. We'll be back here tomorrow. So thank you for tuning in tonight. We'll see you then.